How's it going, everyone? Josie the Barber here. Welcome to On the Mic with Josie. I just finished recording my second episode to my podcast with Dominic Torres, the owner of High Point Brewing Company. And one of the things that I wanted to communicate with you guys before watching this video was that towards the end of the recording of this episode, Dominic and I realized that the mute button on this mic was hit. Not only was it hit, it was hit at the beginning of the episode. I just want to make sure that the sound quality of the episode you're about to listen to does not take away from all of the gold that was in that conversation. And I want to make sure that I'm responsible for putting that out there to you guys so that you guys can put the audio quality aside. I'm hoping it's not as bad, uh, but we are going to be using the audio from the cameras that we were using to film. Uh, it won't be the audio that you heard on episode one. And it's not the audio that you will hear moving forward from here on out because you best believe that I'm going to be looking at that mute button the entire time we're recording and make sure that we are not muted again. But honestly, guys, I'm still super excited to post this, not only because it was such a great conversation, but because this, this that happened, this little speed bump is exactly the conversation that I want to have more of. That when you have beginnings for anything, or not even just the beginning, beginning, middle, and end, there's always speed bumps. And as long as you don't create them to be a wall, and you just create them to be a speed bump, and you keep going, things will always turn out. This was a little bit of a, of a speed bump at the beginning of this journey of the podcast. I'm actually excited that it happened because this is reality, guys. This is what it looks like when you start something new, when you experiment with stuff. Things like this are going to happen. And so now that that's said, I really hope you enjoy this next episode. I had such an amazing time filming it. I look forward to whatever feedback you guys might have on it. And hopefully you guys are able to get as much value out of it as I did. And with that said, guys, stay blessed, smile every chance you get. Love y'all. Enjoy the episode. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to On the Mic with Josie. I'm super excited to introduce my next guest which is a veteran of the Marine Corps of the United States. He is the chairman of the Chamber of Commerce of the city of San Dimas. He is also one of the owners of High Point Brewing Company, which is the first brewery, correct? Yeah. To open up in the city of San Dimas. I would love to introduce my friend, Dominic Torres. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm gonna put that sound effect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In the wave, right? Like the crowd doing the wave. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to be on this podcast. Um, it is the second episode, and so I'm super excited to have this continue. This has been a three-year-long conversation for me. There was one time about a year, year and some change ago that I did make the attempt of recording a podcast, didn't get past the first episode. And so now I'm in the second episode of this podcast is really, it's super special for me well yeah absolutely now you're breaking <sighs> like the barrier yeah now, you know you've yeah you can now, do it. now i know i can i can you know go far beyond that i've actually known dominic for six years now yeah it's, been it's about to be six yep. years now. six years dominic uh and high point brewing company they opened their doors probably about not opened their doors but broke ground on construction mm -hmm maybe about three, four months prior to us coming into the San Dimas location building. Yes. And it's been so amazing to watch you grow and watch your, your business just flourish, even in some of the darkest times that you and I 
were both able to experience, right? And just to like see you along with so many other people in our community just come out on the other end of it. Dude, I just, I really want to acknowledge you for who you are for the community, uh, who you are for, for me, and just who you are as a human being. I've seen you with a group of friends that are always together. Yeah, right? absolutely. Always together. And one of the things I've noticed about you is it seems to me like you're you're great with people. Oh, right? I, yeah, I'd say I'm halfway decent. Okay. <laughs> well, one of the things that I really would love to, to get curious with you about is that group of friends that you have. It seems like you guys have known each other for a really, really long time. A lot of those guys I go back with, uh, one of our beers, Uncle Red, uh-huh. is named after the man that grew up two doors down from me, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Nate Munson. So you still see him coming around here. Uh, that's a 25-year-long friendship, at least. And I mean, I'm 38, 37, 38. <laughs> Somewhere, <laughs> Somewhere in that neighborhood. Somewhere in that neighborhood, give or take. And, uh, you know, you start to see that kind of uh, friendship with guys like Nicholas, uh, my buddy John, uh, Maddie, um, Jamie's now coming into the fold in the last several years. Mm. Um, so it's kind of, it's fantastic. But yeah, no, a lot of those guys would go back, guys, since we were five. So exactly what you just said is what I imagined when it came to that group of friends that you have. How do you cultivate relationships and friendships with other people that way? And how do you maintain them? Really, just as, um, as a friend, I think it's one of those, uh, just being there for each other. Uh, the idea that you're going to, talk every day or mm-hmm. I mean even nowadays we have text messages everything like that it's so easy but it's not you don't have to be that way if you're a good friend you know mm-hmm. uh, some of my friends I speak with uh, John lives in Montana now I was just in Montana to uh, help build up part of his building mm-hmm. that he just bought and um, I hadn't been there in a year and prior to that I had never even been but it was just one of those we talk every six months and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like alright here we go but I mean a prime example of that is when my uh, grandfather passed a couple of years ago I just called him on the phone. Uh, I was like, hey, listen, we're looking like it's going to be the end here. And uh, I think Matt was there f- maybe first. He drove all the way from where he was. John came from Montana. And it's that kind of friendship that you don't have to really work on. It's just, hey, when I do really need you, you'll be there. Um, the rest of the time, we just have our friendship always always running. And, uh, the best way I always put it is it's like seeing somebody, be it you know at a, at a house, like your house, or um, a friend's house. It doesn't matter which one. Um, so when they walk out the door and you're saying goodbye, you're like, mm-hmm. you don't really look at it like, oh, I'll see you in six months. You're just saying, I know I'm going to see you again. You wow. know what I mean? And it's until then. It's more like that's not goodbye till I see you again kind of idea. So, and that's how we've always treated it. All of us have been that way. What's interesting to me is that I believe most people believe that they're a good friend. Even if they, whether they have many or they don't. For the most part, I feel like people just think like, oh, like, I'm a good friend, right? Like to the people in my environment, I consider myself to be a good friend. Mm. And what I'm hearing from you is the work that it takes to be a good friend. Yes, I get that it's maybe your nature to be that way with each other, but for you to go to Montana, for all of your friends to, in the drop of a dime, give a phone call about your grandpa passing and having them all come and and be there for each other. And then the thing that I heard that was gold for me was that, you guys let go of expectation. There's no like, like, dude, what the fuck? You haven't called me in in nine months, right? Or like looking at the phone and it's Maddie, right? And it's like, really? It's been three months. And he's like, just calling me now, right? Like there's, I I see a lot of this 
go on in, in conversations, communications, ways of being. You see it in movies, right? Like, right. why is it in movies? Because it's a depiction of, of what the, the writers, the producers, the authors are seeing happen in, in, right. in, in, in real lives or even in, in their lives, right? right? And so there, there's a lot of expectations that a lot of, that a lot of times people put into friendships. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so that part, I think, was the biggest part for me, which you just said, like, hey, like, bye, I know I'm going to see you. And whether it's in a month or in a year or whenever, it's going to be like you and I right. never even stop talking. Yeah, it's an ongoing rolling friendship. As I mean, I met, I knew, I've known John, like I said, 30 years, but I met John and I didn't become friends, like close friends until we were in the eighth grade. And it was literally because we sat down on a bench together <laughs> and started talking the first day of school. And it, he, whole thing, but he ended up starting at uh, Rancho his eighth grade year. And he ended up having to come back three days later. Back, we went to Goddard and uh, Glendora. And we just started talking. And that's just pretty much how our friendship kept going. It's just that idea of like it just kept going and rolling and rolling and rolling. Never thought about it. went on his mission. I saw him two years later because he came back from it. Uh, you know, I was overseas. Same thing. Just kept rolling. You know, you pick up the phone when you can and if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go live your life and then we'll catch up. And then you know what? There'll probably be a great story or two that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that's how we treat it all the time. Would you say you viewed it that way prior to the military? Did that have anything to do with the camaraderie of it? Uh, any, did the military in any way or f shape or form contribute to that? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it did. friends that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to look out for each other yeah you look out for, you, you look out for yeah. me and yeah you know, when we get together we get together it's gonna mm -hmm. be great it'll be fun when we do we'll have a great time you make that sound so normal right and to me it sounds normal too and it really is interesting to me that a lot of people don't see it that way it's not so much that that give and take mm -hmm. right it's it's a lot of like what 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 is one doing for me you know uh one way to look at it i guess is uh, I'm sure you may have enjoyed, like had an adult beverage with a friend here or there in a bar once or twice. And I'm sure you've paid for your friends, they paid for you, mm -hmm. back and forth, right? Yeah. But who keeps a running tab? When it's a good friend who keeps a running tab. Yeah. No one thinks about it. And that $20, not the bar tabs are $20 anymore, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely not. But, you, you know something yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's that $20 going back and forth. Like, how many times have you traded it back? It, it, you don't know. You don't keep count. You don't care. Yeah. You know, you really are just about the idea of being together and having mm -hmm. fun. And then, you know, that's that's what it's about, really. Yeah. You know, taking care of each other. One thing I really love is that how natural this, like, happened. Because I been wanting to have a conversation with you about your friendships and your relationships because I see the same guys in there they come in sometimes they don't come in for a while but then they're back in there and their face is shining and bright just like it was the last time I seen them you guys are all having a beer um, I know Austin is one of your buddies right. too that I see there quite a bit right that's actually the new luxuries that especially with this place uh, you know people like you know we call him Kaufman Chad Kaufman uh, you know, got Austin, uh, the Rolandos of the world, all these guys. <laughs> the Rolandos of the what world. What is that? What's I love them. I, I love <laughs> the Rolandos of the world. world. Those guys, <laughs> they're great. That's what I'm saying. Like they're just, I love those guys. So it's like I've gotten to foster this friendship out of out of their 
with these new guys too, which uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, as you saw, you said there's a, a smaller group of people mm-hmm. that I normally would hang out with, but these are guys that hang out a lot now, especially because a lot of them are local. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's wonderful to be able to like have a beer and hang out and talk to yeah. them. I'm, I'm, you know, to be there for them when they need things too. You know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to do that if I can. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and they're more than happy to help me. It really is nice and 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 a good feeling to see that perspective. I think sometimes we get this view that like the world is a crazy place, the world is going right like mad and everything is going crazy. And I truly believe if you looked at the entire globe, you, you'd have a lot more good than you do bad. Um, I just believe the, the bad, the negative is louder. It's just louder, right? So it just seems like there's more of it, even for this podcast. like conversations like the one you and I just had right now that's why I'm doing this makes sense right like that's why I'm doing this for me it's like when you sprinkle perfume on you right like you spray perfume on you and it goes on you but it also happens to get on anybody else that's around you right right and so ultimately that's really what all of this is right okay. it's, it's me getting as much gold as I can from people uh, and in exchange bringing awareness to whatever it is that that they're up to like you i know you're up to a ton if you could walk away from this podcast right and in, in a week or two shoot me a d a message a text message give me a call see me when you're outside and be like hey dude like i had five people come in last week mm-hmm. that said that like they seen the podcast and they fucking sat right there and they had a beer i win me yeah. like 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 okay like i'm i'm my commitment of giving more than what i take god right because you're giving me your time. You're giving me all of this gold and I can give something back. Fantastic. And so yeah. I, I, I truly appreciate you being here and sharing. And with that, High Point Brewing Company. When did you decide that High Point Brewing Company was going to be created? And what did it take to serve that first beer in your tap room? The name actually comes from Upland. Okay. Uh, my partner, Chad Phillips, uh, lived there. The High Point House. Um, that's where the name comes from. Uh, that was a conversation that started there several years ago. <laughs> How long that's been. And then the process of trying to actually get the collateral to start the company. We did it on a shoestring budget like so many. and uh, But to open a brewery, I mean, also just the, the legal loopholes to jump through with like the ABC and whatnot. Just what a dance that becomes. Um, because you, you get this, like I said, loophole of, like, you, can, you can't work on your building until the ABC approves of it. So then that could be three months, four months. But then maybe you can work on it. It just it becomes such a, a fun dance <laughs> <laughs> to do. Um, yeah, I mean, and then, but it took so much time. And then Chad, was, he was the guy that got it done, though, because he was able to get the money out of the house to be able to get us to where we were, make it all work. Um, I mean, he really was, I mean, he's a numbers man through and through. So he just, he understands it all. Uh, you know, I try, but he is much better at it than I am. <laughs> I try. Uh, you know, the guy's a freaking aerospace engineer, you know. Uh, he's just, he's a genius. There's no other way of putting it. And, you know, getting that to that point, though, oh, man, like, getting, I, 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 I just, it's all flooding back at the moment. Uh, think, there like, you go. Think about all the equipment. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's that. Kind of, yeah, like, it's kind of concrete. It's like, I walked through this building in this room that we're sitting in, and I remember this had just been vacated by golf, something, golf, 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 something, yeah. something, something scholarships. They've been here for 30 years. At all three locations, my back area, where like, the big party area is, 
was their like the president's like president I think VP's private parking spot so they actually parked inside and uh, yeah I mean yeah god man they're really coming all back <laughs> uh, but I mean we we, 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 run, we ran uh, once we had the money once we had the location we redid run um, yeah full speed uh, we ended up having you know we cut the concrete ourselves trenched it did everything um, uh, Chad's cousin Travis was a huge help we dropped everything ourselves to save on cost but that that was all within God, I think we opened within 11 months. From like registering to the ABC and all that, yeah. and, and, and like do, doing the corporation, like all yeah. the paperwork to the time you served your first beer, 11 months? Probably a little bit more because with like the paperwork, as you know, it's like you have to mm-hmm. like get the location, then you have to sit on the location for a month to announce what it is when it comes to alcohol, and we can contend it. Um, but like the ABC, for instance, that portion, we had to essentially just stand up, we had to just wait for four months, I think it was. Or we weren't supposed to touch the building at all. I would say from the time we actually were like got the keys to the point where we actually served that first beer was like eleven months. Yeah, we were trying wow. to go faster, but you know. And, and and how blessed are you? One, you said aerospace engineer. Chad is good yeah. with numbers, right? And then two, you shared with me that you have experience in construction. Yes, yes. Um, when I got out of the service, I was doing construction. Uh, my uh, stepdad, he uh, Richard, he ended up having me come on with him and start doing um it was drywall and things like that and then it was construction as a whole he was running his own company which was entertaining because i would actually build houses build you know build it all out do all that stuff and then i was i also worked in a what was it uh, uh a place called kenway pavilion mm-hmm. uh so i was a tech but i was actually the guy building the sets so yeah. we had somebody designing and then i had another buddy and we worked together uh sean like movie sets <laughs> no play sets like uh playhouses we oh. build like the sets you'd go see. So I was building fake houses and real houses at the same time. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So yeah, one you just had to use your mind like it was a home. The other one was an actual house you were walking. So, um, but yeah, that was uh, so. I did have construction background, and then I actually went into uh, a union and I actually started doing uh, pipe fitting. So that's mm. what I ended up doing uh, local seven hundred nine, which is the sprinkler fitter guys. Wow. So and I still hang out with those guys. So they're they're a lot of fun. But that was that I was with them before we actually opened this. So I was working that job. And then building out High Point at the same time. So when did you stop working anywhere else but High Point? We opened in November 2018, so yeah, August. Wow. August of 2018. What was that like to leave your the job you've been doing for so long and in mm. construction and uh, union? Because, dude, I know some union people mm. and that's it's not easy. Like, mm. the getting into the union and the this and the that right. and the other and everything you got to do just to be one of those guys. I, I know it, right. that in itself is... Is a whole other thing. You know, the, the union gig was fantastic. Uh, the guys I worked with were really what I loved. Because, um, man, we worked some terrible hours together. <laughs> but, like, Steve, Matt, even though I hate Matt, um, <laughs> Dan, uh, you know, Jose, all those guys, like Nick, I'm just like going through this, Ryan, I'm thinking of all the guys I worked with. I worked with them. I worked in the, so I worked for Costco, but it wasn't that Costco. Mm. It was a Costco that's bigger than that Costco. Got it. So when you see like the side of the freeway, or not the freeway, but like uh, train tracks, stuff like that, when you see the Costco, Costco, C-O-S-C-O, massive multi-international company. Most people just don't know. They they make set stools or they have something else. They're this ridiculously large company, but for some reason, they own sprinkler companies here in Southern California. Don't know why. (laughs) Worked for them. Worked for like a massive, so they were massive, but I worked with a a small group inside. Um, Ricky Simon Jr. with our super. And man, oh man, we worked everywhere and it was it was fun uh, we had a great time and as i was working with those guys you know like i said it's the same thing as like with the service i feel like with those guys where mm-hmm. it was like we're going through so many 
miserable hours. We worked nights together so many times. And, um, but I made that, that was what was hard to leave is that mm. where it comes back around on. It's just like, it wasn't so much the work, even though it was, it did pay well. It had great benefits. Um, I loved all of that, but it really was just the hard part was just leaving those guys. That's really mm. all I care about. And I still get to see them here and there. They still pop into my place. I'm sure they'd be, yeah. I'm, yeah, pop but, in, have a beer. Yeah. yeah but but they live all over, unfortunately, too. You know, uh. Guys are just everywhere because we all drive in. So I get that it was the camaraderie that was hard to leave. Mm. Right? Like yeah, I, get, I, get, I get that 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 it was that. And you were also leaving for something I'm sure you believed in. Right. And was still unknown. Right. Absolutely. Right. And so what was that experience like? You know, it's just it's in that case, you're taking a calculated risk, but you're still jumping in. You know, I yeah. mean, there's no I don't have a I don't have a background. We're working at another brewery. You know, I don't mm-hmm. uh, and neither does Chad. Um, but it's, you know, Chad doesn't make beer and let's go figure it out. You know, um, so that's what I was going for. So let me ask you this. Why beer? We all love it. Well, I get that. But like. <laughs> Like what, what, who brought it up between you and Chad? Who was the one that was like, let's do beer? Were you guys having a beer when you said, well, we oh, should do like, no. <laughs> I, 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 I had to guess this conversation, if I remember correctly, happened on a white couch, which was Chad's in High Point. High Point we were, House. High Point House. And we were watching football and there was probably a dozen of us watching football on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's probably how it happened. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. It sounds and, right. And one of you guys said like, dude, we should get yeah. into this beer yeah. thing. Yeah. It was probably a bunch of us talking about it, and it was like, oh, yeah, and that was, you know, several years ago, so. Yeah. So, but nobody was already brewing, like, there was no... Oh, no, Chad was. Chad, oh, Chad, Chad, oh, Chad has a fantastic story. His first brewing kit was, I I loved it. Um, it was a, uh, how was it? It was a gravity-fed system, so he took steel tubing, welded it up, and then he did all the, he did all this work. I came into it, and so I was, <laughs> oh, it was wonderful, because it was all black. <laughs> and he was, um... Uh, what did he use? Barbecue, like the the propane barbecue, and he hooked it up to his house and made a line that ran over and hooked it up, and it went up and it was able to heat and then heat down here for the boil and then come down. Oh man, he that was fantastic. Even <laughs> he did exactly it what he was like, to. Yeah. and he learned how to do this when he was like nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't drinking because that would be illegal. Yes, but yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was, uh, but he did learn how to do it. He learned it from the gentleman. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but uh, he had. Like they did that together, and I thought, man, that's great. And then after that, once we really got a little more serious, we ended up uh, buying a new kit. Um, he sold that one off. We bought another one from uh, SNS Brewtech, and it was just like a little half barrel system. I love it. it had, we still actually still own it. And really, yeah, we oh, I'd love to see the that pilot thing. batch with thing. I love it. It's uh, and it had two fermenters, two little half barrel fermenters that came with it. And so no, 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 Chad, Chad knew how to do all that. Chad is that guy right there. The brains. So what I'm getting from what you're saying is Chad already had over a decade of brewing experience in a sense before even opening up. Oh yeah, no, Chad definitely knew like how to do it. Yeah, that Uncle's Red recipe is the oldest recipe we have, and that's God, twelve years old, thirteen. It's it's an older recipe. So wow. yeah. So you guys still have one of the OG recipes, which is the red, yeah, the, the yeah. Uncle Red. Yeah. Another one's been I think tweaked a little bit here and there, but the red is yeah, like that's that is Chad's like first right there. I can see everything that it took to get it. Right, like yes, you are where you are now, but man, like having to take a loan out of a home, any home, doesn't right. matter whose home, right. right? Having to do all that work yourself, and definitely managing the landlords that own this yeah. place has never been easy, and it still isn't yeah. easy, right? And so, I can see all of this work and sacrifice, like leaving a union job, 
like even if like it, the camaraderie was really what was hard for you to leave nonetheless you were leaving some form of security blanket you were leaving yeah. something you had been doing for so long that was working right. right like it's not like it wasn't working right. right like i'm doing horrible i need something different right right and then to leave all that and start this i've heard it so many times right that that there's so many people who think that business owners are lucky right like they're lucky to own a business or they see someone like you with you know the brewery you have and the fermenters and this and now you guys got claremont like all this stuff and it's like ah that's because they have money mm. <laughs> right it's yeah. ne it's never like like oh they, it's because they got a loan it's like no it's ah, it's because they have money mm. like yeah i mean like, that's ridiculous yeah i think it's absolutely ridiculous no i mean i don't wrong obviously you can take the 10 percent, take that throw it out because that's going to be something for those people and it could be higher number than 10 percent. i don't know but the idea that everyone has money that opens up something <laughs> is just just asinine we open like i said on a shoestring budget i won't mention a place that just recently opened around here the place out the door is worth millions of dollars is what it took to open it and you're like man that must be nice oh i, I couldn't yeah. imagine we 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 operated so small and and then had to expand out from there but yeah the idea like oh we had all this money to get no 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 no, no, no. It, you know i don't explain to you watching your bottom line going okay we really need to figure this out now yeah because this isn't working let's go to that route and then okay this works for a while then next thing the next thing that's like oh wait we're back down same thing all the time so yeah yeah no that that idea like oh yeah <laughs> it was easy on yeah right no yeah right now absolutely not yeah. and i i want to make this really clear because I think it's important. There's places all over all over the place where they, they open with a lot of money, mm -hmm. right? They have capital. But even then, mm -hmm. they might have not saved the money up themselves. They might have not like sweat and everything physically for that money themselves. But the work it takes to create the kind of relationships, right? We were just right. talking about right. that a little, a little while ago. Create the kinds of relationships where people trust you right. enough and they see that the the kind of human being that you are is is a good enough human being to them that they're willing to loan you or they're willing to invest in you right. or they're you're like because raising capital is not just yeah. like like lift up your hand and you, money falls right like in order to raise capital you need relationships right you need to know people mm -hmm. right and if you were an asshole you wouldn't have the relationships i see you have you wouldn't have the growth I see you have. You wouldn't have all of these people that come into your business day in and day out that I see happily support your, your, your business. You would not have that. Like, I don't care who you are. Eventually, it's not sustainable. People will leave you and they will run the other direction. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so someone who can go out and raise capital, that takes something too. It's a different kind of something. Right? right then our experience right right completely different nonetheless it takes something right right and so even for that for people who think like oh like they were able to raise a lot of money yes was it their money absolutely not right does it take something though right to be able to do that yes because if not go right let's see you go raise a million dollars yeah right? oh yeah trust me. ready set go yeah, I, I, I tell you all the time, if, if everyone would do it, they, they wouldn't be special. Yeah. I mean, they, they would go do it. That's yeah. that's that's how I look at that. You would go do it. That, it's really that easy. You know, you, you could say you're going to leave your job, you're going to go do these things. 
but if, if you really do, if you really believe in it, that that's the only way it's gonna happen. Oh yeah. So yeah, it, I don't know what that thing is, but it's something that is you know anybody who owns a small business and it could be anything. I mean, come on, between you and I, it's a it's a barber shop and a brewery. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just two different things. Yeah. And you're like all right, well there you go. Like it just there's plenty of other people with the same dream who want a restaurant, a nail salon. It doesn't matter what it is, a yep. gym. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah. They have yeah. to go convince them. Yeah. And, and if and if you don't take the actions. Mm. None of it happens. No, not at all. Right? There's so many people who want things. Mm. Right? There's so many people who desire to have and they're just their their actions just don't match. Right? Oh, because they have help, because they have this, because it still takes action. Right? Like if I just sat on the couch, it didn't matter how much help I had. It didn't matter how many people said, Hey, let me help you. Hey, let's go do this. Hey, partner with me to go do that. No investment. Right. If I just sit on the couch, none of it's happening. Right. Right? Like everything takes action right the way that i see it is if you're somewhere other than where you want to be and you're not happy mm-hmm. right because i'm definitely not where i want to be and i'm super excited about where i'm at right but like if you're not where you want to be and you're unhappy about it i believe it's because action is missing oh i mean yeah that that's that's definitely true I, i'm not sure obviously with how you went about it but the idea that like with us where Chad and I were both employed before we went into this to be able to get going and get, get on and upward. Yeah. Um, that way you can kind of get your foot wet and see how you like it. But, it, you know, some people jump in both feet and that's, mm-hmm. that's fine too. So you opened up six years ago now. Five years. We just hit Go five ahead. years in November. So you opened up five years ago. What has you want to start doing things like with the chambers and the city? Is it is it just for small business networking or has there always been some sort of passion there with doing community uh, community work um, for me I've always loved volunteer work uh, with my time in the service and getting out and then I was just working I fell in with a group uh, that's called Team Rubicon okay it's a veteran based group out of LA mm-hmm. uh, Jake Wood and I can never remember his partner's name started it it's a nonprofit. it's massive now um, when I started they were very small they traveled literally the entire world uh, they, it came with uh, Haiti uh, when Haiti, remember when mm. uh, that got hit? Yeah. Uh, there were six of them. They went down there. They weren't a group. They like they were. They're all Marine Corps buddies. They went down there. They did what they can. They got medicine. They got doctors. They went down. They helped what they could do. Then Jake and them, Jake and crew, decided to start their own not for profit. They moved forward, and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. So um, any kind of natural disaster you see around here, not just in California, but the country slash world, uh, they're they're called something different now in other parts of the world. But in America, they're still called Team Rubicon. I believe it's Team Rubicon Canada still. Um, so TR grew and grew and grew. I, when I when I hopped on with them, there was, I want to say 20,000. I think there's like 100 and something thousand now volunteers mm. with them. Um, wow. They got me more into it. Uh, and when they say 20,000 volunteers, there's like only 400, as they refer to as deploying, because you go for a week at a time to you'd be working a flood, a fire, uh, tornadoes, uh, anything like that. You go to an area, you'd be... I kid you not, I've been in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, where that exact idea where there's no lights in the town and it's just one strip and it's like 10 stories on one side, 10 stories on the other side, the rest is farm. To <laughs> I have been Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, I've been working outside the Budweiser plant in North Carolina. I've worked fires here in California. I joined up with them and they really started to light. I already had a volunteer streak through me, but I, with that, it's been like a year of my time doing a lot of active like time going with them, going all over, which was a lot of fun. 
Um, got to do all kinds of fun things with them, but also work all these disasters, meet people from... It's not just military. Uh, they refer to them as kick-ass civilians. Mm. Uh, part of two. <laughs> uh, then they also have folks from EMS are big on it, too. Uh, it's primarily uh, military and primarily Marine Corps in America. Um, they just got me going. And then that once we once I got into with High Point, it was how can I continue to keep doing more? I, I don't I'm not sure where the service portion of me derives from, um, but I find that I absolutely enjoy the heck out of it. And it, it got me involved. I was speaking with Mike Wallace, um, who is the VP of the, uh, for the chairman for uh, the chamber. Mm. And he wasn't at the time. So we just started talking and then it was like, hey, you know, I'm just I'm really interested in what I can do for the better understanding of this. You know, obviously it's going to work out for me, but at the same time, I'd like to see the city of San Diego as a whole. I mean, mm. how do we get more commerce, if you will, in this city? How can I help the, the, uh, the business that are currently here? Mm. You know, and so I wasn't gunning to be the chairman. I came on, uh, we were obviously part of the chamber. I came on to the board. They brought me on, uh, Mike Walsh and the crew, uh, that board brought me on. And then I was on that for just a little bit and then I uh, became the chair. And that, I got involved because I just wanted to see Sandings do better. Mm. I'm with the Satellite Rotary Club, also as the chair. And it's for the military families. We do 29 Palms, where we do um, food deliveries twice a year. Um, there's a lot of food insecurity in mm. the service. Uh, so anyone between the ranks of like E5 and down, so like E5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 1, the, the, they, we had, they have food pantries on a lot of these military bases that people are unaware of. Mm. And that we now provide for 29 Palms because a group of volunteers wanted to do it. Uh, Raymond Foster, that is a, what a, that is a, if you want to talk about a band that's a volunteer and has just this drive that is fascinating and wow, uh, I don't, I don't even know how to describe that man because he is he is about not caring about getting credit he is about watching things get done and, mm. and wow um, but he brought me into the fold of the satellite and that allowed me to continue with my volunteer work so that that is just me watching that we're able to get food to our service members that's what I care about so we were doing nine palms now we're looking at Camp Pendleton and Fort Kerwin mm. also but you know uh, right now we're collecting in March March and September uh, the large ones in September uh, or I'm sorry, the large ones in March, the smaller ones in September, done about eight tons of food. It's food, baby, uh, like diapers, things like that. Mm. So, um, you know, my volunteerism is, yes, it does, it does, has benefited me, obviously, in the sense of, like, the chamber, but, like, with the, you know, the satellite rotary, it's more just knowing that people are going to be able to eat that I'm more interested in. What are the opportunities that have opened up for you? Okay. Right? that come from you being of service to the community and being chair of the chambers and being part of the rotary. Uh, and then the next question I'm going to ask you, cause it's just been in my space since you started talking is like, how do you find the time for all this? Or does it maybe not take up as much time as I or people would think it does? Uh, yeah, we live in the day of age of uh, phone calls. And emails, okay. So that's kind of a luxury. Communication <laughs> is just, it's, yeah. You know. So what I get, it's, it's mainly more communication than like a hands-on or is it both? It's, it's both. Um, okay. But yeah, we do have someone like uh, Sylvia works for the chamber. She's actually the CEO of the chamber yeah. and she's fantastic. She is the day in and day out, you know, um, as, as chair of the chamber, I am, I'm still a volunteer, yeah. you know, so yeah. I, I, we have a conversation. I have a board. We work together. We have, our meetings are once a month. It's a Zoom, okay. a Zoom thing. Nice. Once a but month. We, you know, we still, you know, depending on how many ribbon cuttings are happening or events in the city as a whole, uh, depends on how many times we'll obviously see each other. Um, 
you know, it, it beneficial as you're asking, like how's it beneficial? Or like, opportunities, like yeah. uh, like for example, one opportunity that I seen of you uh, being of service with um, uh, Team Rubicon was the opportunity to travel, mm -hmm. the yeah. opportunity to to make like like create new relationships, right? Right, the opportunity to see things that you otherwise would have never been able to experience had it not been for being of service, right? Like, I don't think you were doing it for any of those reasons. Mm -hmm. And they were opportunities nonetheless, at least opportunities that I'm seeing. Uh, right. Maybe there weren't opportunities to you, but maybe there were. Right. What what have been some of the opportunities that you've been able to get you know, because of your service? I guess some of the things I've, uh, I've, I've benefited from, like things that have opened up is that, you know, I, I, I know all our elected officials, for instance, in the city, right? Um, I'm on a first name basis with everyone. That's nice. that's there um, because they are involved. I, it, people may not see that, but I do have the luxury of, you know, I was just at uh, we did Aces uh, right up the street. Ace did their uh, they're 50 years old, so I did their photo op yesterday, and that allowed for us to uh, meet those people. Which is like it's for me. It's like oh, I get to actually meet the owner base, which is wonderful. Yeah. But you, your elected officials that people don't see in San Diego, it's like the mayor's there. And he's talking and being and he's doing what he can. Uh, the city manager Chris is there. Uh, Eric was there. City council member John, city council member, like all these guys are there, and it's our local ace. And mm -hmm. they're 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 going, hey man, we're really happy to see you so successful. It's been fifty years. Wow, job well done, you know. And you know, I, for me, it's like I'm able to talk to these people and see what's mm -hmm. going on. And then you know, and they're very open. So it's, you know, those opportunities, I, just, I would say, come from being able to meet with folks like this and go, oh. Wow, this is what's happening. That's being built over there. Like I, I get more of an idea of what's being built around mm. town or um, where where the commerce is going in general. It, it helps. It helps me in that way. But I also get to meet fascinating people who also know a lot. Uh, Margie Green is a perfect example of someone who's in charge of the historical society and what a vast knowledge. Been here for forty years from Texas. Wonderful lady, and she, you know, I, I can ask questions like it, it's. Another great opportunity is like I, I look at like her or like uh, Dave, who's uh, my treasurer for the chamber. He is just you. You get like the the learn about it. I, you know, something you probably don't know about. That's such a random thing. It always for some reason pops in my head about San Diego's is there was a uh, the San Demon that no one knows about. It's our Loch Ness monster. It's it's something like that, but there's no photo of it. Apparently, it was like a mayor's dog from like 60 years ago or something. And, and I always think it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, I get to ask, like, why is that bug in my ear? What was going on? And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, no, I've never heard of that. Or, oh, yeah, no, here's that ugly dog. And, Sam, uh, the Sam Demon? Sam Demon. And, uh, <laughs> and it always makes me laugh. Uh, so, you know, I, I have access to a lot of things like that in, in, in being in charge of the chamber. But, you know, it, yeah, that's, that's, that is an absolute plus to be able to do that. I, you know, I don't know that. I think probably have a little bit more access, but I mean, everyone really has the same. Yeah. You know, I'm just, in by being interested and in being able to do volunteer work with them, it allows for me an opportunity to be able to keep touching base and see how it's going, things are going. And I think that's what the biggest opportunity, yeah. or the biggest benefit is I'm always, for the most part, always abreast of everything that's going on in the city, which, you know, I'd like to know. I, I, I'm i very fond of the city of San Diego. Yeah. So and you like, like I mean, you're connected. That's what, like, yeah. like in, in a sense, like, that's really what I'm hearing. Like, you get the opportunity to be connected to these human beings. Right. Right? Whether you, whatever you get, whatever you don't get, whatever you give, it doesn't, like, just yeah. to be in the presence of some of these minds. Right. Right? Some of these people who have worked really hard to get where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, like, the the encyclopedia of San Dimas that you just talked about, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. like, that took something, right. right, for that person to get there and for you to be able to have access to that 
wealth of knowledge and wealth of, of work. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and to your point, that just they've been around. Some of these guys have been around longer. I mean, Dave is a perfect example of someone that I, you know, I'm I'm thankful to know um, because he he allows for me to be when we were in charge. Like the champ was in charge of the uh, what was it the uh, birthday bash that's mm-hmm. in August for St. Amos. They hold one every year. Dave remembers the days of like, oh yeah, we used to dig a hole, we put a pig or two in it, like, and then we sold every plate for five dollars. And yeah. you're like, when was that? Seventy two. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, great. I wasn't even close to being born. <laughs> but it's like he, he knows that boom was right there locked in his head. Wow. And, and it allows because we do with the chamber and everything where we do a lot of events for the city, and it's like, oh, to your point, it's an encyclopedia to be able to go back and go. So what did we do then? And maybe we can pull something out of that yeah. and into it, or it's like. Oh, that failed horribly. Good to know. We're not going to do we're, that. We're, again. You know, we already tried we stay that. away from that. Yeah, one. <laughs> exactly. We tried that in '83. Fantastic. Good to know. Yeah. Every time we change, we'll tweak it a little bit. Yep. Yeah, we'll stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, it, it 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 definitely allows for success. Yeah. Oh, so, definitely. You know, I, I don't try to pretend that I know everything by any means, and I will lean on anyone that has, and a lot of people do a lot more knowledge mm-hmm. about things than I do. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Because you you have people. Right. And ultimately, I think that's what we all need to succeed. Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, yes, I will say it is it is one. Mm. We do create our own reality. We do create our own success. We are the creators of all that we that we do with the help of others. Right. Right. Like, yes, you do it on your own. Right. With their help. Right. right? Like, yes, you, you did that thing with their help. Right. Right, and you can only do so much on your right. own. You right? you have to have a drive. Yeah, that's what I, I try. To, I feel like people don't seem to quite understand is that you still have to have the drive. Yes, you can have all the people, you can have all the help you want, as you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a drive to do it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. You, you if you have that drive, you can and, and and are personable enough, you can get people to help you yeah. to do what you need, which is makes even things better. I don't know. There are plenty of people I'm sure that have just fire in them that has driven them to get where they need to go, and they did it by themselves. I don't doubt that for a yeah. moment. Not a moment. Yeah. So but that yeah. I think that's where that saying comes from though, that it's lonely at the top. I don't believe that. Right. Like I, I don't believe that. I mean, if you knocked everybody's building down so yours can be the biggest, then yes, you're yeah. you're gonna be very alone. Right. Right. But like if you build your own building, right, right, and on the way help others build theirs and yours just happens to be the highest building, then right. then it's the highest building. Right. But you're surrounded by so many right so many right so like you said you just you got to have the drive but not at the cost of of others not at the cost of your relationships right. not at the cost of the people in your life right right and yes not everybody is for everybody you're going to lose some people right right especially if you have drive if you have ambition right. if you have dreams and goals that are bigger than most others then yes you're not going to be for everyone right you're going to lose people along the way Absolutely. Not because you kick them out, but just because it's just you're not for everyone. Right. Right. And a lot of the times the one like like the people who hope to get where you're going mm-hmm. and just don't have the drive are usually the ones that unfortunately you end up losing. Yeah. Or hopefully you end up inspiring. Right. One of the two. So, but nonetheless, like like you're not gonna be for everyone. No. Right. Especially if you're driven. Right. Right. And that doesn't mean it's lonely at the top. Right, right. By any means. All right, so this one I'm actually going to read because I, I, I want to say it the way that I wrote it. Just because I do believe this when I, when I say this about you. In, this, in the five years that I've known you, I've rarely seen you anything but optimistic, 
in good spirits, and always with a smile on your face. What are the situations that take you out of that space? And how do you sustain that space as well as I see it? I feel as if though you can walk around and be down and out about a lot of things in life. Uh, there's plenty of things that, you know, I'm sure for me, bum me out that I don't think about uh, or just life experiences in general, I guess you could say. Like what? Like what What would you say is like, like damn, like when this one thing happened or happens that like takes me out? I, I guess I, I was told a long time ago that you can tell someone, oh man, how's your day going? And they could be like, that. oh, it's okay. It's not great. Or eh, it's been better. What is that doing for anybody other than bumming somebody else out? <laughs> you know, and that's that's how that's my personal feeling about yeah. that. That's how I look at those kind of things. Or when someone asks, "How's your day going?" You can say it's terrific, fucking amazing. It's going great. Yeah, really. How are you doing? Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. You've heard me say it a million times. How are you? Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep, doing great. <laughs> Why? Because that makes everyone else around you feel good. Yeah. Because ninety plus of the time, when someone asks how you're doing, they're it's a it's an opening question, but they're not really paying attention, mm. and that's fine. Yeah, but I when I'm I want to engage with somebody, I want them when they're engaging with me. If they've gone out of the way or either or, I guess I I like to look at it and go, okay, well I'm just gonna say I'm fantastic. It doesn't matter if something's bumming me out. Like I wouldn't even think about it. It's like let's just go. Mm. You know, it's kind of that old adage of like yo, I, I love that saying like let's go get in there kind of thing. That is how I I approach it. It's just I I could be bummed. I, I could. Well, yeah. What's that gonna get me? Yeah. And yeah. it's not gonna help anybody else in the room. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna be like. To your point, he's upbeat. He's fantastic. That guy's over there. He's just, he's smiling. He's going. Mm-hmm. If you put a smile on, you can keep moving forward. Uh, and it's, it's really cheesy, but, you know, you're never fully dressed without a smile. That kind of ah, idea. Ah, got it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I didn't, hence the old love of uh, musical theater for me. Um, but, yeah, I just, I just don't see how it's ever beneficial to not be brightening someone else's mm-hmm. day. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to drag them down by being mm. by something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I'm not saying that's for everyone. For me, yeah, I want no. to. Uh, you know, I I have a lot of things to be thankful for in my life, and I I'm choosing more and more to just kind of look at them and say, okay, you've got it pretty good. You should keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's rough patches for everybody. That's not, uh, and I don't know everyone's <laughs> personal story. That's that's the thing. It's I don't. But for me, I've I'm, I've had rough patches. That's and that's fine. But why would I put that burden on someone yeah. else is my logic. So the constant, like, optimism and, you know, I, here's the thing. I, I don't have to explain this to you there, Jose. I mean, that idea of, like, you know what it's like doing a small business. Yeah. You know the gripes. You know yeah. the, okay. And just to sit there and think, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a pacer. Uh, Me too. Yeah. I, so. If I talk on the phone, if I'm yeah. on the phone, I'm pacing. Right. So there's that, or I just pace in general. I have a tendency <laughs> to walk. I walk around this building. I walk around my office. I just walk and walk and walk and walk. I like to do it. It's my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, but you understand that, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of people who do that. They, they get that idea of, yeah. I mean, it's in my head, but why are we projecting that on anyone else? Yeah. Also, yeah. You know, you've heard. This, I'm sure you've heard the same things that I have. Like to project that you're optimistic and happy. You can also start to feel that way mm-hmm. about everything yeah. all the time. Going, okay. Act know, as if. Yeah, exactly. And you can be a, there's nothing wrong with that, being optimistic and realistic at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I'm being real about what's going on, but I'm going to be optimistic about it. To your point, you need to drive to work at it and make it better, but that's what we're looking at. So uh, that that's how I feel about it. So what's dro- what pulls me out, I I don't even... I don't even focus on it. Honestly, I don't know if I really have a lot of time to. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah. That I can get. That's part of it too. It's like, I don't really have a lot of time. So 
you know, uh, and everything is really just a problem that's being weighed. Like everything you encounter is not necessarily like a, a problem. It's a, it's a math problem. Everything is, you're working it out. So everything's got a solution. Yeah. So if you just slowly keep looking at it, going, okay, well, what can I do here? What can I do here? As, As opposed to getting stuck in that. Spot. Right. You know, and if you do that, it's just, for me, it's, it, it's not, that solution is not unattainable. Mm. So I choose to be optimistic about it and say, this is what I'm working towards. Mm. And, you know, yeah, they said harder some days than others. I'm sure, yeah, absolutely. That's not news. Yeah. But, you know, I, why not be optimistic about it? Yeah. You know, so, I love this conversation. I love this conversation because this is a conversation I've, a similar conversation I've had before. Like, that's one of the things that, that and lately, one of the things that I've been saying to people is like, when they're like, oh, like, how are you doing? I'm like, dude, phenomenal. I woke up today and in this moment, I got 10 fingers and I got 10 toes, which wow. means I got two arms. Because if I miss, I was missing one leg, I, I wouldn't have 10 right. toes, right? Right. And so the fact that I have the 10 toes means I have my two legs. It means I have my torso. It means I have, you know, the fact that I have my 10 fingers, it means I have my two hands, my two arms, my two shoulders, right? Like it's all there, mm. right? Like it's all there. And that's something I've been playing with in communication for the past like year, two years, which is that experience that you give others mm. when they ask you, how's your day? I've really seen the automaticness of it. Like it's an automatic, how, how you doing? Good. How's everything? Oh, it's great. Or like the, mm, it, it's okay. Hanging in there. I think it's to both parties. It gives this ex, this like disempowering experience. Right. When to, for me, not that everything is good, not that there's no problems, right. not that everything's perfect, but I really do believe that it, it's gotta take something to have you be anything else other than fantastic. If you wake up in the morning and you look at your cell phone and you got no missed calls, especially from the top 10 people in your life, right. dude, like you're golden, yeah. like you're good, right? Whatever is coming ahead that you might be a little concerned about, like you said, if you just keep going, you'll get the solution. It's when you get stuck. Oh yeah. That then there's no solution. To that point, um, Everyone's tired. You know, that's kind of that idea. <laughs> Everyone's tired. I just, I, I, I think that's how we all operate. We're all tired, but it's not really about just being tired. It's about getting up. That's the idea. Ah, wow. Anyway, it's like, okay, yeah, you're down, but okay, keep going. If you just keep going. Uh, my time in the wow. service, I learned that it doesn't really matter how tired you are. If you can just keep moving your feet. And if you can keep moving, you're doing pretty good. You know, I'm sure everyone is probably tired of hearing me say that. It's like, if your boots keep going, you just keep putting one in front of the other and you keep going. That means probably pretty much upright. Yeah, some things have happened, but that's fine. Keep going. Yeah. Because you're still heading towards where you're trying to get to. Yeah. You know, you get a little better, you get a little worse, you go up and down, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And awareness too. Yeah. Right? I, I think there's a, a lot of... Um, pushback on the hustle culture like you keep going you work you work i think it's also important to be able to recognize like okay my my boost is down right right like in this moment i am tired mm. but i'm and i'm intentionally going to stop i am aware that in this moment i am going to choose to take a break but not because i'm done right not because i feel like i'm failing or like i'm not getting where i'm going right Right, but because I feel like if I take this small break, mm -hmm. I will be able to take the next 200 steps so much faster yeah. or so yeah. much better or so much more effective. 
right? Yeah. I think it's just getting not getting stuck in that break. <laughs> yeah, that's but, kind of what yeah. it's about. Yeah, but yeah, you just got to keep going. It doesn't really matter how slow it's going. It, it's going, it's going at least. Yeah, yeah, that that's pretty much how I, I treat it. Yeah. If you really look at your life, mm. right? Not your finances, not your right. this, not your that, not your the other. Like, are you breathing? Check. Right. right? Like, do you got all your limbs? Check. Right? Like, are you cancer free? Yeah. Check. Right? Like, are you diabetes? Like, yeah. there's so many people that can check off a lot of these boxes instantly. Right. Without doing anything. They don't have to go and win first place at anything right. to be in a good place. Right. In an instant, you can check off all of these boxes and see, like, dude, you're fucking golden. You're golden. Right? If anybody ever asks you how you're doing, like, I don't know what gets in the way of you saying amazing blessed grateful right like i'm here in front of you able to hear and see you asking me this question right Absolutely. just those two things alone right. the fact that you're able to see the person asking you the question and hear the person asking you the question right. jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> i've had that conversation you know a few times before and every time i have it i just get to see it more and more like it just becomes more real if we don't share the things that are in here Right. right then they're when are they real if you journal them that too that works right, right. Like, like you're putting whatever's in here out here and fucking half the time you notice that when you go to say it it sounds nothing like it was in here right or you go to write it out mm -hmm. and you think you had it all figured out and then you're like hmm maybe that word's not really what I was trying to use right, right. like uh, maybe that's not the way I feel now that I'm yeah. reading it that kind of sounds pretty ridiculous Right, like yeah. the, it's because they don't become re in here. They're real, but they're not. Right, it's the saber tooth tiger that's not there. Right, right. But like once you put it out here and you see that it's no saber tooth tiger, you're like, huh. Creating that and being aware that 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 that's real for me is huge. You shared with me that one of your hobbies is reading. Right. What would you say has been the most influential book in your life, and what is the book you're reading now? Trump's book. That's what it was. It was Trump's book about. No, I'm just, I, I didn't read that book, but I did not. I don't know that that was the most influential book. The most influential book. I just like I just like pressing buttons. That's, yeah, just, that's, that's all it is. I just like to start fires. I don't know that there's any one book. Um, there are books that will always stand out to me. And I think it's something that just helped me. Uh, and it's this is a great one. It's really ridiculous. Um, I don't even actually name the book. It was Tim Allen's biography, and it was kind of it was just a story. It was a life story. He was just writing about. It. That's mm -hmm. all it was. And I know that's not like a super influential book. It was more like it, it helped continue my reading for some reason. I think I read that book like twice kind of thing. Yeah. And I haven't read it probably in 25 years. For anybody that wants to brew or anybody that wants to open a brewery, what are some of the challenges that you would invite them to look for? And what are some of the great things that you also invite them to look for? The challenges are abundant. There's no two ways about that. Um, but if someone said they wanted to brew beer, which I, I hear you you have no idea how many times <laughs> I hear people, not just like, if you want to brew beer, I love it. Please do that. There's a way to do it. They have homemade kits. Try them if you'd like. That's how you're going to start. Great. Start there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you probably have a friend that makes beer. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Ask them. There's no reason not to. Um, and see if it's something you really dig. If you dig it or if you're like, ah, I just want to make it to make it. Cool, too. That's rad. Make beer. I don't know. You might make the best beer recipe in the entire world, and I might be the biggest fan of you. 
he, there's a lot of struggles. Uh, that's with any business. You, I would always recommend talking to another person that actually owns a brewery. We spoke with uh, a brewery that did, they sat down with us for three hours. Uh, it was uh, Roke, Roke or Rock, I'm not sure which how you pronounce it, I always forget. Uh, Lars and his partner sat down with us for like three hours and we're just like, here's a bunch of things you probably don't know. And it was wonderful and we learned a lot that day. Um, I would recommend sitting down with them and, and telling them like, oh yeah, or asking them questions. Be open-minded, that's every company, but like be open-minded to what is actually going to work. Uh, you know, I, I watched, you know, I, I get people that, you know, like, oh, I know what everybody wants. And when I, when I own my own brewery, I'm going to make that beer. And you're like, well, maybe you do. I'm not going to sit here and say you don't, but mm, maybe you'll have a little more open-minded. Mm. Usually, but honestly, most people that, that want to make beer, they just want to make it. And it's like, fantastic. And, you know, you, you'll you'll learn real quick, real quick that either you want to be in the business of brewing and making beer, or you really just enjoy making craft beer. Mm. Uh, you know, because I've seen it happen time and time again where people keep making beer they keep making it and then they they get into this industry and they kind of see it not necessarily owning it but maybe brewing beer or you know doing some portion of it and they realize oh i have no interest in like the actual i want to put it work side of it like yes the business yeah, the side business of side it, of it the... yeah like brewing beer is very important obviously it's the number one priority but the business side of it when they go oh wait i have no interest in that like I don't want to do that. I don't want to like have what? those conversations. And, I, and I'm saying this because you you shared with me that navigating the beer market as a whole was the challenge. What did yeah. you mean by that? It's it's just it's all the business side of everything. I mean, everyone, you know, there's always a joke like, oh, I can own a brewery because I drink the profits, right? That's like, <laughs> I get that joke all the time. And and, and I just and, and then that's that's fine. But like you you get this idea that or people from the outside have this idea like it's just all rainbows and lollipops and there's beer and you can drink and let's go. Except for the part where there's still business. Mm. You still have to conduct business all the time. You know, uh, I, you know, I own a brewery that operates seven days a week and it's not just running on good vibes. You know, there's yeah. still a lot of conversations of, you know, money, capital, uh, you know, what's happening in distribution, um, the marketing side of it, um, uh, partnerships, everything that's going on all the time, anything that goes with any business. It's just there's that idea in beer that we are just all partying all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I'm not saying we probably don't party more than most people. <laughs> I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm saying it's still a business. It's still a job. You know, um, you you hear that with anyone, that, any comedian that's like, yeah, I still got to go to work. And you're like, you tell jokes for a living and 20,000 people are going to watch. And you're like, right, but that's still my job. Like, I got yes. to go to work. You know, uh, it's, it's making beer is the same thing. It's like, yes, it's, 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 there's a lot of, fun aspect to it as you're saying as we we're saying before um but it's still a business you still have to work so that navigation through the beer world it's it's no different than you navigating through the business world of your own it's just people who are trying to come into the industry think it's just purely like oh it's just a party all the time eh, it's still a job yeah like it's still that like i can't emphasize that enough so anyone that wants to get in the, into the industry Go talk to a, a guy who owns a brewery. Go talk to, if they don't have time for that, go talk to people who work there. Go get a job in one of those. Go be a seller master, you know, and and, and get in and start to understand what's mm. going on around you because you start to get the aspects of that no one else gets because they're, you know, it's any job. You you go and you're like, everyone thinks it's something and then the people that are on the inside know what's really going on. Yeah. And it's not just the boss, it's everybody. And there's different aspects and different levels of what people know. And But that's every job you had. And then, and, and, you know, 
if you're interested in beer, go do something like that. Like, mm. There are plenty of people who'd say like, oh yeah, I could have you do this or whatever you want to do this. There's there's little jobs here and there or someone needs an assistant brew and it might not be glamorous. It might be pulling spent grain and all that. Okay, that's your job. You're the low man. That's how it works. Uh, you're a seller master stacking kegs. Okay, that's what it is. But you start getting in and you start seeing what's happening. You're going, oh, I am really interested in this. I'm I'm fascinated by this aspect. Like, yeah, maybe stacking kegs isn't fun, but you're not stacking kegs all day every day. You're starting to learn. Okay, I'm doing this, but at the same time, I'm talking to the head brewer. Mm. I'm talking to, and this is I'm talking to one of the people who work at the bar. You know, like they work at the actual bar itself, like in the tap room. And you're going, oh, this is all the different aspects. You have to know how to do all of it. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you're not, you know, you don't have to know how to brew, but you know, like, okay, this is the people doing it on that side. You know, go immerse yourself in it to mm. understand what you're looking at, um, because there, yeah, you could sit down and talk. That's going to go great. But once you really start to get into it, you're going to see what's going on. You just you have an aspect of what the real world of it looks like. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I yeah, like I said, I have no interest. In, I just want to have the beer and then I want to drink, drink it, it and stand and, in the tap and room make and talk my, to people. Uh -huh, that's it. That's that is a common thing I yeah. hear about from in my industry. So that. Mm. I say I'm saying all that because of that is the way I would see that you would really get to understand how the brewing world works. Mm. So, you know that, yeah, that would be immerse yourself. In yeah, it. immerse yourself. In immerse it. yourself yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, really, got it. You know, there's something to go. And what are the challenges when it comes to the red tape of it? Like, that's one thing I've personally wondered. Like, what does it take to get the alcohol license? What is that process like? Oh, that's that's dealing with ABC. You yeah, know, they're they're there. Um, Can anybody do it? Can anybody apply? How do you? Does um, it cost money? Like, what? what? Yes, I don't know that. Uh, I'm not sure what red tape it comes to uh, about who can't own a uh, a liquor license. Um, there's there's different levels. Uh, we currently carry a I think it's Type 22 if I'm not mistaken. And it's a uh, beer and wine license, mm. so we had we have the opportunity to make alcohol or make beer, and then also we sell wine, so on and so forth. Um, that 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 is nothing. Uh, the price on that is nothing compared to like an actual liquor license. Um, I've seen it vary from anywhere between like eighty eight thousand to like one hundred twenty five thousand, which is different than when you open up a brewery. Yeah, like a beer license, for instance, to make it and or um, and to sell it, it's. I want to, if I remember correctly, it's like $500. Okay. But to make alcohol obviously becomes a lot more complicated um, because, yes, it maybe only costs $500, but you're end up falling with like LA County uh, law. It's like sewer systems, it's the layout of the place. And then you just, you have things that people don't even know about, depending on what county you're working in. Uh, San Bernardino County, you are, you're working with fire and so on. Um, you have to obviously work with whatever city you at the same time. So you're doing it with the federal government the state government and the city government mm. to do all of it. And then it depends if your city is even interested in having you. Oh, that's part of it too. Uh, the city, uh, San Dimas initially had no interest in, that's why there was no brewery here is they had no interest. And then my partner and I spoke with uh, the city council one evening uh, at a council meeting, obviously. And uh, folks like uh, John Ebner and our mayor or now mayor um, Emmett, he, uh, Emmett Bader, he, um, and, and Ryan Vienna actually also too, uh, he's council member and he still is. Um, those folks were pro us, like getting moving forward, it, getting like more of a nightlife. Uh, hence, earlier conversation about uh, the city of San Diego, Mrs. local government doing like a fantastic job. Like people don't see it behind the scenes yeah. of they're trying to get the commerce coming in. And and when we spoke with them, they were very much like, yeah, let's you know what, let's start figuring it out. Let's start to start actually getting this going. Uh, and it was a unanimous vote to change. So this ended up this whole area ended up being changed into an experimental area wow. because of the city council. Because what we were negotiating yeah. with them, and um, 
But like that's the kind of red tape you deal with. When yeah, you know, and that's a lot. That yeah. is a yeah. lot. Yeah. So like that city ended up saying that's great, and but that was just the city. Then like I said, the state government, the federal government, you're like, okay, it's just you don't have a choice. You have to do it if you if you want to obviously be legitimate, and then otherwise I think you become a bootlegger or something. I yeah, 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 something yeah. like that's that. different. Yeah, 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 yeah. fast car or something. I don't know. Point as a whole is that yeah, there's a lot. There is a lot of red tape, but anyone that's truly truly wants it, they can, they can accomplish it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I uh, a friend of mine owns uh, Profile Brewing in uh, Upland, uh, Nick Fuentes. And uh, Nick, he was like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And he just kept getting after it, he kept trying to get after it. And, get, and then finally, he was getting kind of like a little little turnaround constantly from uh, the city and everything. But, you know, as I said earlier, lean on the other guys that have breweries. And to your point earlier, hey, don't be an idiot, don't be a jerk to people. Yeah. And they'll... We help Nick a lot of ways. Like, hey, man, you know, you, there's something like here's some tax credits you probably don't know of when you're opening. So you're going to want to use those for later. Or, hey, you know what? Your equipment's here. You probably should move it over there because really this. Yeah. And, and by doing those kinds of things, it allowed for him to open. Now, my understanding is that Pro 5 is, you know, booming, which oh, is yeah. wonderful. And Nick's a great guy. So I'm happy to hear that. But it, it, it stems from like leaning on other people because you're trying to deal with a, whatever government entity it is. And, and you know, be the good person, and you know, people are more than happy to help you. But he, I think he really got to see because he went to the other side of it. Hey, this is why it's it. There's a lot that goes into opening a brewery. Yeah. Hence why, uh, like at our house over here at High Point, like if you are a, if you're an owner or a head brewer of any brewery and you come in, you drink for free mm. because we all know that pain of trying to get in there trying to open a brewery doing all that work wow and it's like out of a respect thing like you know and i don't by the way i don't expect that if i go to their house yeah yeah, yeah. and that's how it works like they don't do it that way that's fine i have no problem paying my way but like that's how it is in our house because it's just yeah. like we really understand and we can uh you know we can be sympathetic to <laughs> what you've gone yeah. to get where you are <laughs> so yes is there some red tape there's a lot of red tape that's awesome that you guys support each other that way though like you said it doesn't mean it's at everybody's house but that you guys reckon that there's at least you and a few others that recognize that within each other uh, and, and kind of do give that like token of acknowledgement right. of like, dude, the beer's on us. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you deserve it after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, Dominic, thank you for having this conversation with me. Thank you for accepting my invitation to be on here. Uh, even through our technical difficulties, I was able to get so much value out of this. Um, and I know that, there will be people that are going to listen to this and get value out of it themselves. I'll make sure to let them know from the beginning what they're going to get with the sound. But I really don't think that matters. Okay. I really don't. I really see so much gold in the conversation that we had. And, dude, I'm so grateful that I was able to have that conversation with you. So I appreciate well, you. Thanks brother. for having me out. I yeah, man, of there. course, of course. And so for anybody that is viewing this at High Point right. Brewing CO. Hi, yeah, High Point Brewco, yeah. Uh, at High Point Brew Co. Do you guys have a website? Yeah, yep, same thing. Same same website, same everything. Yeah. Same website, High Point Brewing yeah. Company. Best way awesome. to get a hold of us always is going to be Instagram, social media. Instagram. Yeah, but Instagram okay. will always be the best one. You know, so Perfect. reach out that way. So, guys, make sure you guys follow High Point on Instagram. Any questions you guys have about this podcast or, or anything or any information you might need, just go ahead and shoot them a direct message. Um, some great beer. First brewery in the city of San Dimas. Um, anything else that you'd like to say about you, your business, or anything before we get off air? Uh, you know, I think like I said you check it all out on social media. Follow us; you'll see something new every day. 
we always have some new food person, some band, comedy. Something's always happening at our place. Yeah, Check I do see out. that. Yeah. You guys have a lot of activity going on over there. So come on out, have some fun. Got it, guys. Well, come have some fun. High Point Brewing Company. And as always, like in every episode, at least for a lot of episodes, if not every episode, uh, I want to thank the one and only sponsor that we have for this podcast, which is the original Clip Joint Barbershop. We have a location in Covina and another one in the city of San Dimas. Uh, and I say they are the official sponsor because literally none of this would happen right. if it wasn't for the original Clip Joint Barbershop. Um, so if you guys do need a haircut, OGClipJoint.com, servicing you in San Gabriel Valley, in Covina, and San Dimas. Uh, check us out. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you so much. Love y'all. Stay blessed. Keep smiling every chance you get. And um, we'll see you next time. Awesome. 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 I'm going to mute my mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>